Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There, there has been a spirit of worship here since prayer this morning. I know we like to praise. We like to jump, shout, run. But I want to show you something. Hannah, would you come here? <laughs> I just want you to see this. You just stand right there. Hannah, in this demonstration, represents God. Praise is hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I glorify you. You're awesome. You're wonderful. You're mighty. That's praise. Worship. I love you. You're awesome. You're mighty. Thank you for what you've done for me. Worship. It's up close and personal. You can go sit down. Worship. I like to call it, we've all seen the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The third kind. The third kind is worship. The third kind is where you get up in you're up in God's face. That's the third kind, Miss Sue. That's what I call it. That's the third kind where you're standing like this, face to face. We can praise him from a distance. And that is awesome. But praise should usher us into face to face encounter. Amen. But if, if we're if we're looking for the next high, which we can get, you can get a high from praise. I've never done drugs, but I know you can get a high from praise. You can get an emotional release from praise. But worship. Worship is no more about you. Worship is an up-close, intimate encounter with God. That's where you get impregnated 
with your destiny, with your purpose, with solutions to your problems. That's where when you're sitting on daddy's knee, he whispers a solution to you. He doesn't yell it across the room. That's an uncomfortable place sometimes. It just is. But that's what's here this morning. It's worship. So why would it be here? It's here because he wants to have an up-close and personal encounter with his people. Hallelujah. So at the end, I'm going to, I got a word for us, and then at the end, I don't know if I'll lay hands on anybody. It's possible. But I know, I could just feel it a while ago when I was up here or sitting there, wherever I was. I could feel it that he wants us, after I deliver the word, he's going to give us an opportunity to worship him. To lay everything else aside. To lay that chicken leg aside that we're thinking about. Or for me, Dr. Pepper at Fiesta Lindis. I love their Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper and cheese dip. But I got to lay that aside. And worship him. Just give him, just give him some time. And the thing is, you may not feel like anything takes place, but you don't come into God's presence like that and nothing happens. It may not show up instantly, but you'll, it'll show up. The title of my message this morning is called A Transformed Life. A transformed life. That's what God wants to do. That's what he's all about. It's transforming our life into the life of Jesus. At the first of the year, God gave me this word for Freedom Ministries. John 7, 38. Let's look at that. John chapter 7, 38. It says, He that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39. But this he spake of the Spirit. He gave that, I was asked, praying and asking God, what's the word for our church, for Freedom Ministries for the new year? 
And that's what he spoke to me. He gave me two scriptures. He said, freedom ministries that believes on Jesus. As the scriptures have said, out of freedom ministries, belly shall flow rivers of living water. This building is not freedom ministries. This is freedom ministries. That is freedom ministries. That, 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 that. If you're sitting here and you're part of this ministry, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he told me when he gave me that scripture, he said, people will come from near and far for a drink. What are they getting a drink of? They're getting a drink of the Holy Ghost. That's what they're getting a drink of. And the reason they're getting a drink is because something is dry and dead inside. Just like in the natural. We get dry and thirsty, we got to have a drink. If we don't have a drink, we die. The same is true in the spirit. If we don't have a drink of the Holy Ghost, we die spiritually. But the living water's purpose is to transform us. It brings us back to life. You ever, my wife and I like to buy plants. You ever go to a store that's got plants for sale and they set them out and they don't water them? It's like, you don't need to water them. I don't know what's, what they're thinking. They're sitting there all droopy and wilted and about to die. All they need is a drink. That's all we need is a drink. All we need is a drink of the Holy Ghost. A drink of the Holy Ghost, you'll come in here dry and thirsty and you'll leave out soaking wet. You'll leave out dripping. Hallelujah. Psalms 24.1. This is the other scripture God gave me for the church. Psalms 24 verse 1. says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. It all belongs to God. Every bit of it. So you know what that actually means? No one is too difficult for God to touch. No one is too dry for God to revive. All you got to do is present yourself. Ezekiel prophesied to dry bones and they come back to life. Not just were they dry, they were scattered. This leg bone was separated from this leg bone. They were scattered over that field. They wasn't laying there together, which it wouldn't, doesn't really matter when God's involved if they're scattered halfway around the world. 
But if we're dry and thirsty, what we need is a touch from God. And God told me, I keep saying God told me. Y'all know God likes to speak. God likes to talk. If he's not talking to you, <laughs> say that one more time, Benny. You're not listening because God talks to me all the time. He talks to me enough that I have notebooks scattered around the house to write God talks. But he said year 2022 is going to be a year of divine encounters. Not just encounters, divine encounters. Holy Ghost encounters. Up close and personal, face-to-face encounters with Almighty God. But we have to position ourselves for an encounter. We position ourselves for an encounter. Hallelujah. Let's look at Moses. Exodus chapter 2, verse 10. Exodus chapter 2, verse 10. We know the story of Moses where they were killing all the children, all the males. So Moses' mother, and I thought this was interesting. It says over here somewhere that that she made an ark and put him in it. I've read this before and I never realized that he was put in an ark. God saved Moses in an ark. Hallelujah. But Moses was the son was the son of Pharaoh's daughter. She adopted him. Moses lived in the palace of Pharaoh. Moses, since he was probably sat on Pharaoh's knee because he was his daughter's son. He had been raised there. But he did something. He killed a man. He killed a man so he fled far away from Pharaoh. But he didn't get far enough away from God. He fled. Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. Let's start in verse 1. It says, And now now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. 
And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God said unto him, Out of the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. Moses had an encounter with God, and it changed his life. Moses was going to, all he was going to do was be the shepherd over this flock of sheep for his daddy-in-law. That's what he was going to do that day. And in verse 2 it says, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. God's presence has shown up here this morning. Moses said, I will turn. Moses said, I will turn. He saw something that intrigued him, and he said, I will turn. He positioned himself for an encounter. He turned from his plans, because he was planning on just going and being the shepherd that day, watching after the sheep. But he turned from his plans. Sometimes to have an encounter with God, we got to turn. We got to turn from our plans. We got to turn from our ideas. We got to turn. Verse 4. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him. Sometimes we're waiting on God to call us, and God's waiting on us to turn. We say, well, if God wants me, he'll get me. That's, that's, <laughs> that is possible. But Moses turned, and when Moses turned, God spoke. When Moses turned, when Moses laid aside what he had planned for that day, God spoke, changed his life forever. He had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to ask you to lift your hands, but I'm just going to ask a question. During all that worship we had going on this morning, did anybody feel to come and kneel at the altar? So you don't have to lift your hands, but it's okay if you do. That was the Holy Ghost drawing you. If you felt a tug to come and kneel at the altar, and I'm not talking about a, just a big pull. I'm talking about just a, little, just a little pull to come kneel at the altar. That was the Holy Ghost. He said, come, have an encounter with me. Hallelujah. 
Let's look at Paul. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, he was looking for Christians, is what he was looking for. He's looking for followers of Jesus. That if he found any of them, whether they were men or women, that he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Saul had an encounter. Moses had an encounter. Moses turned. Saul had an encounter. The encounter Saul had knocked him to the ground. So we can't put an encounter in a box. But still, Saul had a choice. He had a choice. Moses had a choice. Saul had a choice. Saul said, Who art thou, Lord? And then he said he was Jesus. Saul was persecuting everyone that followed Jesus. That was his mission in life. If you were a Christian, his mission was to hunt you down. But that one encounter with the Holy Ghost changed Saul. Changed him from Saul to Paul. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I think he had an encounter. He had a life-changing encounter. Let's look at Philippians. We're going to look at Paul just a little bit more. Philippians 3, chapter Chapter 3, verse 4. This is Paul talking about his life, where he come from. It says, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man think that he... If any other man thinketh that he has whereof he might, might trust in the flesh, I the more. What is Paul saying there? We're going down and we'll see. Verse 5, it says, He was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, and is touching the law, a Pharisee. 
Paul was a very well-educated man. He was a very well-religious man. He knew, the, he knew the laws of the day. He was from a wealthy family. He had the right by law to do what he was doing. He had the right to hunt Christians down. It was legal. He was well within his right to do that. But after that encounter with the Holy Ghost, with Jesus, he says in verse 6, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, he persecuted the church with zeal. It wasn't just, well, let me get up and go persecute a few people today. It's what he lived for. When somebody's got a zeal for something, that, that means they live for that. That was his life's focus. His life's mission was to hunt down anyone that professed Jesus. But after his encounter with Jesus, what happened? Verse 7 says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted for loss. Paul laid down everything. That one encounter with Jesus. Paul laid down his heritage. He laid down all of his Pharisee laws. He laid it all down. After one encounter, he was transformed. And let's go to Peter. Let's go to Matthew 26. Matthew chapter 26, verse 69. We know the story of Peter. We're going to read it. It says, Now Peter sat without in the palace. This is where they had already captured Jesus, and it took him in to be tried and crucified. He sat, sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou, thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I was not with saying, no, let me get it straight. And he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And then when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said, unto them that, that were there, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath, I do not know this man. And after a while came unto him, that stood by and said, uh, said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bewayereth thee. Then, he, then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. Peter had walked with Jesus for three and a half years. Walked with him. Watched him do miracles. All of that. And he denied him three times. 
denied him three times. But let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Is that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. But let's look at verse, let's go back to chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, Jesus told them to position themselves for an encounter. See, it says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Peter positioned himself for an encounter. I want to say they, they say there was like 500 that was told to go to the upper room for an encounter with the Holy Ghost. hundred and twenty had an encounter because the rest of them left. Hallelujah. The rest of them left. Sometimes God just wants to hang out with us. But that encounter changed Peter. Changed Peter. Let's go to Acts 4.13. It says, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Jesus took an unlearned, an uneducated fisherman and turned him completely around. An encounter with the Holy Ghost turned Peter around. He denied him, denied Jesus three times after he had spent three and a half years with him. He had spent three and a half years with Jesus. Saw him do the miracles. But an encounter with the Holy Ghost turned him completely around. Instead of denying Jesus, he's standing up saying, yes, I'm, I know him. He actually preached and confronted those that crucified him. And 3,000 of them got saved because of the boldness that came with an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. See, God can transform anyone. He transformed Moses, who had been raised in the king's palace. 
transform Paul, who was a well-educated Roman, doing, doing what he thought was right. One encounter changed his whole life. Then he turned around. Then we got Peter, an uneducated man. God flipped him around too. God does not care where you come from. That does not concern him. That does not concern him. God can transform anyone if they're willing to give him the opportunity. If they're willing to give him the opportunity. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says, But God has chosen the foolish things to confound the wise. Moses, a murderer, God turned him into a deliverer. Paul persecuted Christians. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Peter, a fisherman, and by what I can gather, fishermen were not thought very highly of back then. They were rough and rugged, and there were some rough people. The Holy Ghost got a hold of him and turned him around, too. It didn't matter. It did not matter where he was. It didn't matter who he was. It didn't matter where he come from. It did not matter. I'll tell you, I'll tell you another one that God flipped around. So you're looking at him. When I went to school, I would have taken an F in speech class. But I knew the consequences of taking an F when I got home. The consequences outweighed the F. <laughs> English. I know we're not supposed to hate stuff, but back then I hated English. Hated English. I don't need that. I can already talk. I don't, I don't need it. That's where I come from. Even to this day, sometimes I have to ask my wife how to spell four-letter words. I'm just saying, is this correct? I'll write it, and I thank God I got a phone now that has autocorrect. If I get halfway right, it'll correct it for me. But before that came along, I'd be writing something out. I'd say, is this right? It don't look right. And she'd tell me it was right or wrong, whichever. It didn't matter. Talking about the foolish things to confound the wise. Would have, would have flunked speech and can't spell. And one day at prayer years ago, Apostle Eileen was praying for us and she come around to me 
laid her hands on me. And she walked by me and laid her hands on my head and says, Teach, Robert, teach, and went on to the next one. A man that hates English, can't spell, and don't want to talk to nobody. God can transform you. I get my words tongue-tied up here this morning. It don't matter. Used to, that would have made me want to run hide under, under a pew. So what? I'll back up and start over. It don't matter. An encounter with the Holy Ghost will change you. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we are changed into the image of the Lord from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. We are changed from encounter to encounter. Every time you have an encounter with God, I'm not talking about just coming to church. You can have an encounter here or you cannot have an encounter. It's up to us if we're willing to turn. We're willing to pursue that encounter. We're willing to lay our life before him. That's how we have an encounter. That's being changed from glory to glory. We come into God's presence. He changes us. We come into God's presence. He changes us. We come into his presence. He changes us. Some of those changes are not comfortable. Some of them deal with having roots exposed that you got to deal with. <laughs> but it's still an opportunity for a change to take place. I'm going to ask you all a question that God asked me several, well, probably been a couple of years ago now or more sitting on the couch and he asked me he says are you willing to give up life as you know it are you willing are you willing to give up life as you know it that's a big question is your life put it this way is your life so wonderful that you want to stay where you are or do you want to have an encounter with the Holy Ghost Do you want to have an encounter? If you want an encounter, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Dan and she's going to lead us in some worship. Come to the altar. Just come worship God. Just get before him. If I fail to pray for you, I will. If not, then just come and let God do something. If you need prayer, come to me. I'm going to give you an opportunity to have an encounter with the Holy Ghost. You don't have to leave the same way that you came in. So come on. If you want an encounter, come have an encounter. Hallelujah. Thank you again for tuning in with us. 
If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.